Have you ever felt so exhausted and drained that you're left questioning if you're burning out? Hi, I'm Flick Taylor, and my passion for burnout and self-care came about when I became a mental health writer who'd lost her mental health to extreme burnout. I know, the irony is not lost on me. Join me as I host Everyday Burnout Conversations, the honest podcast that shares the stories of others from all walks of life as they recover from, manage and avoid burnout by prioritising their mental health and well-being. Expect to hear fascinating conversations, plus positive and actionable tips and tricks that can help you make the simple life changes your mental health will thank you for. Episodes will be delightfully wrapped up in some epic truths and great humour. So, enjoy! In today's episode, I sit down and have a fabulous chat with the super lovely and wise Antonia Taylor. Antonia is a PR consultant and business communication expert who helps small businesses and startups develop their brand strategy and storytelling and content strategy. I adore her informative Instagram live chats within industry experts and I've learned so much from her brilliant Instagram posts. We also talk about her fab goal setting power hours that she hosts in this chat. So if you're a solopreneur or a small business, then make sure you check her out after listening to this. And also I would highly recommend you sign up for her fantastic newsletter too. Now, don't you just love it when you connect with someone for the very first time and yet you feel like you've known them for years? Well, chatting with Tony felt like one of those moments for me. It was an absolute joy chatting to her. And after we were like we finished recording we both laughed and we were like have we known each other in a previous life anyway you know when you do that so sit back and enjoy this honest and supportive chat between two women contemplating their life careers upbringing family life raising teens and the matter of burnout oh and we also mentioned quite a few people or resources throughout our chat and I've added those to the show notes so I don't want you worrying about trying to catch them all and take notes I've got you covered. So without further ado, enjoy my chat with the lovely Antonia Taylor. Right then. Oh, Antonia, it's so lovely to chat to you today. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I I have been following your um, social media, your Instagram posts, and it was it was amazing to reach out to you because I was like, oh, you're putting in some great messages there about burnout. But then you also said, huh, I have some really cool angles on second generation, immigration, how that affects burnout. So I would love us to talk about those things today. So I was just wondering, have you, silly question, have you had any brushes with burnout? for this flick and thank you for having me it's so lovely to be here and I know that listeners can't see your gorgeous face but I can so that's a joy um um, so I was thinking I I think I have a habit of burnout brinkmanship yeah so kind of almost pushing to that pushing to that point of something is a wheel somewhere is going to fall off and this is not going to be pretty and I think I've had a you know a I can name sort of like this there was I think one of the reasons I went freelance is because I was about to fall off the burn burnout cliff cliff I think I probably was very burnt out I developed you know I don't want to go into too much detail but certainly it developed IBS I had terrible stress terrible anxiety this was coming up for nine this time nine years ago I was probably just 
putting my putting my foot on the accelerator towards this crash. And in the end, I ended up leaving, going freelance in the October. Um, so I'd say there was that. And then I think probably a couple of years ago, I got quite close to it as well. Yeah. And then, and then it just, I just think something just landed this May flick for me. I think it was like, I can't even remember, like, you know, one minute everyone's saying, oh yeah, you know, we've been in this, you know, we've been in this pandemic for 12 months and then it's 14 months. And now I actually have to get my fingers out and count how many months we've been in this. I know, I know. Sitch. Um, and I just think in, in May, I just kept finding myself say the word burnout and I use it really carefully. Yeah. Because, because I don't want to sort of, you know, minimize, you know, I've got so many friends that have had proper, you know, deep like you. Yeah deep, deep experiences of burnout, possibly life-changing experiences. So I do use it really lightly, but certainly by May, I found myself using it probably every third sentence. Um, we went away for half term, went down to Cornwall, had a break. And I was just kind of, you know, you do that thing when you're just like, I'm just going to get to that date. I'm just going to get to that date. I'm just going to get to yeah, that break. Yeah. I'm going to push myself and push myself to get there. And then what, so we went away and it's okay. I was kind of felt a bit better. And when I got back, of course, I was really unwell like I could hardly speak because all like my whole lower mouth was just I think I had about 14 ulcers oh. you know there's you know those psychosomatic stressful symptoms that it you get manifest and I know uh, yeah and I know it's it's very low grade it's not like you know but but it's a sign and if you oh can't see your, your body it's your body, it's your body telling you, you yeah yes. yeah so I was just like right something's got and I and I think I think I caught myself then thinking right you do this you, you do this so and then what you do is you do it so you do it again you, you you stop and then you start again and you get yourself to this point and then you start so I, I just found myself developing this pattern of burnout brinkmanship whatever we want to call it yeah. I just, this time it's got to change I'm just done with it yeah so now is the time for actually not just sort of like you know stopping for two days like you know in your intro when you said right I'm going to just take a couple of weeks off and I'm going to go back to it and then when you when you went through that you were just like this is actually like a six month jobby oh my god yeah yeah so yeah so it's a bit I I, I mean I want to sort of be really sort of honest with you like you know there's that I mean as a writer you know they tell you to write from the scar not from the wound oh it's really hard (laughs) yeah but there might be a little bit of writing from the wound in this chat today because I think I'm still just coming out of it as well and just sort of like navigating this sort of like wobbly space afterwards yes and I, I have definitely written from the wound and <laughs> it, oh my god I can remember when I first started blogging and I was just like oh my god don't feel very well I feel like it was just triggering me but mm. at the same time I think when we do share from the wound yes it's not packaged neatly and it's not kind of these digestible easy chunks people take but my might not be your best work (laughs) it's real and my experience is that a lot of women have gone oh that's exactly how I felt I just didn't know how to put it into words Mm. and to be honest I don't know about you you kind of think yeah I didn't I didn't know how to put it into words it just kind of came out of me it's just there yeah 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 it was like it tells itself doesn't it it was just like you know I wanted to write about this but then I found myself actually having to write about this yes because it needs to be it needs yeah yeah exactly so that's interesting Mm. yeah and so um you must because you're working with clients you Mm. must see from the outside you know 
other people kind of struggling mm. to balance and keep things in check and and I know you set up a, um, a workshop didn't you a 2021 mm. summer mm, right? yeah right 21 yeah 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 yes. yeah 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 and so that so I started that series in January this year when we in the UK we were in like deepest darkest third cycle of lockdown yeah. and it was just a way to connect and to you know just write into you know I think we all feel drifting and I think if we have you know if we're working towards something sometimes you know it kind of keeps us on track even if it's a gentle goal so I ran a series of those in spring and then I just thought I'd catch up with because I've got a little community around it and some amazing women like to come along and we, you know we just we, we do some writing exercises it's not necessarily about being that no one's made to read anything literally we, we talk about some goals and we, and we write into that we sort of jet it's journaling um and then we just chat about that but I mean again I think you know what came up today we sort of had a group of about 25 brilliant women creatives uh founders small business owners that you know yoga teachers coaches consultants and everything was just you know just being burnt out again and 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 it's interesting because like one of the questions was you know what do you want to do and people can answer that question like, yeah because we don't you know as women we kind of lose sight of that you know we kind of lose that like, you know what do you actually what do you want and I, and I sometimes I have these texts with my friends like you know they get a bit stuck in their business or wifey friends and stuff or, or, and they just say um, but what do you want to do and they're like I don't know we don't know what we want to do other than just get through the to-do list and survive yeah it's like yeah change to the to-do list and then yeah but then also I think because we become I think burnout really happens you know when you're not and I know I don't want to sound too woo but when you're not aligned and you're not in purpose and you're not feeling intentional I think when you get further and further away from yourself I think that's when the burnout really really truly kicks in I think that's when you've got to really start looking at your toolkit and thinking, right, what can I do to get myself back to me? Because, you know, whoever this me is, we were just talking when we were um, sort of getting ready to to go live, to go into the, the chat, um, you know, about how I think a lot of us have got to meet ourselves in a new place after the pandemic. Yeah. And so and we need a new framework and a new conversation around burnout and just being really aware of it. I think if I hadn't, I think this time back in May sort of June what had changed for me is that I could see it, I, I, I knew how to pick up on it so that was and, and and make some quick 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 changes yeah absolutely it's funny when I mean when you say you know when you're not aligned it is looking at those circumstances you're in mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. I really wish now I had taken a step back and gone okay am I actually working in the job that I should be in like does Mm. this worthy of what I bring to the table Mm. so I really instead of going oh maybe I'm not good enough oh they're saying this and oh I if I had just gone okay stop what is right for me I, I probably could have saved myself a lot of heartache and those physical illnesses and oh yeah yeah, no, look, I'm the same in my previous agency before I went freelance you know I'd, I'd grown up in a big London PR agency and I loved it for years and, and I just I loved it I was I love the people I'm still friends with the people with so many of my colleagues um but like two kids moving to Reading from London you know just like all that sort of babies and nursery all that stuff doesn't work so I moved when I moved to this other agency up in Oxford and you know I think what it was is that I just became I just didn't share their values I didn't share their ethos 
and yeah, I was sitting there killing myself for their PL line. And I think that was, yeah. Again, I've, I became so distanced from, you know, and again, I made, I blamed myself. I would like sort of, you know, if I had to leave early to go and get the kids, I sort of like scuttle out really quietly. I would like put the kids to bed to get back onto my lap, all those sort of things to compensate for that. And really, I wasn't aligned to that, to, to the goals of that particular business. Yeah. The self-blame yeah. piece is huge. That, that seems to be something that keeps coming up with people I talk yeah. about. Yeah, and then set, you brought you mentioned the session kindly that I did this morning, but I think guilt came up again, and people, um, really? I think women have felt really guilty about even trying to set some boundaries. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Even trying to set some boundaries, and I think you know, and um, in some of the sessions I ran, you know, in January and February when we were sort of more entrenched in homeschooling and kids at home, I think. Um, one of the things that really came through for, for my group as well is to actually being able to say, you know, this is, I'm just having this hour in the morning to, to write for an hour or to just have a power hour at my laptop to get some emails out uninterrupted to give myself some deep work time. You know, people need to be told that, but then it kind of comes at a cost as well. You kind of feel like, should I be making, you know, should I be making my 14 year old's breakfast? Probably not, Tony. You know, he's 14. He's really capable. He's actually quite a pretty bright boy. He knows how to put a piece of toast in because you've actually been quite a good mum. Yes. But, you know, but then you're sitting there thinking, should I be doing his breakfast? I just, I found, I don't know about you, I found that the more I gave to work um, and definitely imposter syndrome was in there mm-hmm. and just, yeah. yeah. Too, although they were wanting something very different to what I could bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, and I, I still don't know if I can relate to what they needed. But um, it was definitely a case of the, the, the self blame. And um, I've lost my trail of thread now. Where was I going with this? Because I was thinking of your boy at the table. Oh, I know. Uh, so- making breakfast for the kids that are really, for, for high. Yeah, that's the one that I really put. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm making, making breakfast for hyper capable teenagers. Yes. And I but the more I did for work, the more I was like, oh, I'm not doing this for my kids. So I no. would then almost overcompensate and yeah. do so much for my kids. And yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm bringing up two boys. I want them to be self-sufficient. I don't want them to think, you know, that only women make dinners and so I'm yeah. like, and know, dismantling the patriarchy at the same time. Yes. But I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? doing and I I still I can remember feeling so incredibly guilty because one day I was just like I can't think I can't actually even my eyesight was going and I just sat on my bed and looked at this tree from my window and I felt so good and I felt guilty about that I was like what is going on like enough (laughs) I I think I think that guilt is um I think we do carry it, I think, as women in particular. And I think, and I think this plays into, the, you know, the piece that I was, we were chatting about, about sort of being, you know, granddaughter of, well, daughter of my dad was, a, my dad's a refugee, you know, and my grandfather, I mean, in the, so my grandparents were both, um, uh, for, for, uh, my dad from, from Cyprus, so from the north of Cyprus, and not going to get political, in 1974, there was an, there was Turkish invasion and, um, a third of the island was siphoned off and thousands of Cypriots lost their homes, their properties, their everything. And there was a war. My dad was actually, uh, he actually was, he was a prisoner of war. Um, and um, he came back. We were really lucky. My, my, 
granddad once, because he was quite young, once he came out of military, he wasn't of fighting age, but, you know, the moment he got released from prison in 74, he just went into Nicosia and put some money down and started a shop again from scratch. And this is a story flick that, um, and then he, and he built everything back up. He built everything. They had, they lost restaurants, a hotel, they lost oh. everything and a way of life and a way of life. And, you know, so that was the loss for me watching them struggle with that. Um, but last year when the pandemic hit, I think um, overnight, I think I lost probably about 60% of my client base. And I was like, oh, I've worked so hard for this. What is going on? And I, um, I kept a picture of people, were, listen, but I've got a picture of my granddad there, my bubble. Oh, um, so I just, I just oh look at But he, um, he um, I just look, I just, um, I just remember like what he'd been through and how he managed to build everything back up. And he said, you know, I'm doing this for you, I'm doing this for you. How, you know, how he built everything back up. And he did, and resilience and, creativity and um when we grew up in Cyprus they lived um we lived downstairs they lived upstairs it's quite intergenerational living is really common in the Mediterranean you probably know that so I mean basically we, it's kind of like having you know we would go upstairs after after school I'd go and my yeah yeah my granny would make us lunch every day when we worked you know they, we'd have supper together we're just it was very sort of that really fluid way of life and I, you know, um, I'm a really early riser, but I think it's because I was always so happy when I would hear like my granddad's van go off, but he'd just leave to go for work at five o'clock in the morning. He was such a hard worker and he really instilled this discipline in all of us. I'm one of four. And the one thing that me and my brothers and my sister all share that we just are grafters. And my mum's like, I don't know where this comes from. It's like... We saw last it year, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> last year when when you know shit hit the proverbial yeah. um I really drew on you know that story of my bubble and like you know his resilience and, and what he was able to build up and and um restore and reconnect with and his legacy but I was thinking this why I would I would feel going back to the original point you know I felt so guilty of you know relative you know I was like why am I stressed about this when he had he could do that and you know, you kind of, you carry that, that guilt with you as well, as well. You almost like inherit that, that guilt because kind of like, maybe I should be suffering more. Maybe this should be harder. But to this, to this conversation, one of the things I do remember is no matter how hard my Bapu worked, he always rested. He would come home. Yeah. He would always, he would come home every lunchtime and have lunch with us or not. And have a bit of a you know siesta because it's Cyprus and it's 40 degrees, you can't work in that. Yeah. And, and he would, you know, and then he would always um, you know, he'd come home at six o'clock and pour his pour his uzo and you know, look at the sunset and what have you. Oh. But but that would be it. And then you know, he rested. And I think maybe that's the bit that we've lost, like this new generation. So many of my Cypriot friends, Turkish Cypriot and Greek Cypriot, particularly the ones in this country, say so that they've got a really Whenever I say I've got a really weird relationship with rest, they're like, oh, my God, I'm the same. Right. I can remember seeing an Instagram post and someone had commented and said, oh, yeah. yes, I'm exactly yeah. the same. Tia, yeah, yeah, my friend Tia, she's she's Turkish Cypriot. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and she, um, yeah, so I just think there's that thing where it's almost like where our grandparents or our parents have, would be able to pause. But also the world of work was different, wasn't it, Flick? We oh, didn't my have gosh. phones, you know. 
And, you know, they would always have Sunday off, always, because it's that part of the world. Even if my granddad would work Saturdays, probably, but they switched off and they rested. Yeah. And I think that's the bit that we haven't done. Yes. Well. So I don't, I don't know. That's kind of, I'm just, I'm trying to work through those thoughts. That wasn't yeah. particularly articulate, but I think there is something in that. I think, you know, we've taken so many old work practices and then layered other things on top of it and forgotten how to give ourselves a, a break. Yeah. And I don't think it was helped. Um, can you remember? It was a few years back. There was that, re- I mean, I, I feel the the work culture is toxic anyway, but mm. like, you remember there were those influencers who were like, mm work 80 hours a week and you're going to get what you want and Mm. you know and it's Mm. just it's so unhealthy because like your grandfather he was able to do all of that and and and, you know the Mm. sustainability in that was that he rested Mm. and and I think I don't know about you but definitely my experience was to work really hard just do it all the time and but I didn't rest because I had my kids and then I wanted to overcompensate and I I never did anything for myself I would Mm. fall asleep in bed with my phone working which I'm just Mm. like oh and I think it's really interesting because so you know you you describe that lovely like fluid family life and it just goes to show little eyes are watching and I say mm. this a lot because as as kids the four of you you were able to observe and watch it was modeled to you yeah to- hard work discipline hard work, family education yeah but then drilled in drilled in yeah yeah like you were never yeah second you were up there yeah and I think it's really interesting all four of you have become grafters you know mm. yeah 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 really 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 and I think it's really common and I think you know we were uh, you know was second general you know, also because of the fact that we, we've got my mum's half English so we do have that as well so it is it's it's interesting it's it's funny and it, but um it's really reassuring when I see it, you know, amongst, you know, with my other separate friends, it's exactly the same. And so yeah. just something to dig into. I need to do some work around that one. Yes. I'm curious. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I know, um, like I remember I would have been kind of early teens when my dad had his business and it kind of um, dissolved. And, and I can remember that really, I wonder if that really affected me on how much I now work. And almost a yeah. fear of failure. That the irony is, I would <clears> never <throat> ever say to anyone, like you know, work, work, don't be a failure. Like absolutely not. But to myself, that inner self-talk and narrative is pretty harsh. And I wonder, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and I think it probably is because I think um, to go back to Selena Barker's point, yeah. maybe ask her about. So can't wait for you to the conversation you have. I think you know. I think there's that thing almost that sort of I've had to work really hard on scarcity mindset really hard on scare I don't know if you've had to do the same because of that situation yes I've had to really re I've literally had I think I did the um Jen Sincero you're a badass with money book or something I I actually had to work through that one about four years whenever it came out three or four years ago I had I had to work through it because again I think it's that thing like if you um if you've had this narrative, I mean, I wasn't born during the war, but I know that my mum has like told me about, you know, when you're standing in the July heat in Cyprus and all you've got is your baby, which is my brother, and a carry cot 
and that's all you've got in the world yeah that's that's your that's your starting point that's your base point you're just like oh and I think there's always that thing like you know this could all go this could all go yes absolutely and it can really when you've lived through that it's the same thing I think one of my friends she's been through that with her dad as well and she has that's very exactly the same right yeah yeah Yeah. but it's now you know I'm in my 40s and I'm kind of like this doesn't serve me well like you know there's no sustainability in this and I'm also very aware that I've now got kids who are early teens and Mm. I want them to to pick up you know what was really interesting um a year ago so we were in lockdown and I'm trying to like you know I'd taken time off work I'd quit my job I was you know burnt out and trying to recover and it was lot time and I was trying to like give my boys an incentive and I was like you know what like do some chores around the house and I'll give you I'll pay you and then you know I'm just thinking then they can order things online they just need something to kind of work for so my 14 year old says, yeah, okay, I'm going to wash up and unload the dishwasher. I'm going to do that. I'm like, brilliant. Now at that time, I have not been paid for three months from a client, despite me keep, you know, contacting them and phone calls and stuff. And he came to me that night with a three page contract on what he was going to do and when I was going to pay him and, and you know, the problems and, and the, you know, the consequences. I was like, can you write my for me for my company? Yeah. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and, and it just goes to show, for better, for worse, little eyes are always, always. Well, I really hope that he will grow up to be like, yeah, I'm not going to ever let anyone take advantage of me. Yeah. But also I think we can be the models of like your grandfather of working hard, but then yeah. making sure always time for family, always time for rest mm-hmm. so we can keep doing that. And, yeah. and just to be clear of it, click, 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 click. He didn't glamorize it. I mean, he would literally go and like put his, put his, um, um like a really thick duvet down on the balcony. You know, we had a lovely, our house is lovely. It wasn't like, you know, but he would put his, in but the just summer, he would, he would put his duvet on the balcony because it's kind of pre-air conditioning and everything and just go and lie under the stars and because my sister was really little it's like her you know it that's that was her childhood like sleeping on the balcony in the stars with my granddad it wasn't but like glamorous out in yeah the- yeah but it, it kind of feels a bit yeah yeah I would yeah. say yeah it's not glamorous but I would say oh my gosh that's everything you need like, because yeah. I think this is where, you know, self-care isn't a face pack and a glass of wine. It is lying on the balcony in nature, looking at the stuff. That's a lot more rewarding and it's going to do more for you. than yeah. I would it's probably got my sister through life. It's probably got my sister through her, through life, I think. Right. That memory, yeah. Oh. Yeah. How lovely. Oh, my goodness. So what things do you do for yourself now, Tony? Because you've seen, you you know, you kind of pulled on, you know, slammed on the brakes and was like, oh, I mm. can see May time. Because you wrote, I loved how you wrote, I wrote it down here. I do everything fast. I was like, oh, my God, me too. Me too. Everything mm. fast. What, what kind of things are you doing now to help? Okay, so say... Uh... I've had a pretty good morning routine, yes. probably, I mean, it changes, but I've probably had it, 
I started getting up. I read that book, Laura Vanderkam, What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast, probably about six or seven years ago. Okay. So I kind of like, and she basically is like, you know, just get up a half an hour earlier or an hour earlier. And so I started getting up. Yes. I think, yeah, it must be about seven years ago. I started getting up around about 5.30 and then it started getting earlier and earlier. But what I was doing, Flick, was getting up early to work. I'd literally get up and like, you know, and I was just like. I did. (laughs) And this, 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 you're not, you know, that was not what, I don't think you're meant to do that. So gradually I started using that hour or hour and a bit of time to actually just start looking after myself a little bit. So, so now it looks like, you know, uh, it looks like uh, meditation and I'm not an expert. It's just uh, maybe stillness is more accurate yeah. or guide, you know, I use insight timer or something. Uh, and then I, I, my journaling is like, I'm sort of like, I've been trying to do the artist's way for about 12 years, um, but three pages in the morning, just free writing. I have, I think that's probably changed my life. I know it sounds ridiculous. No, I do the same. And the um, what comes out kind of throws you sometimes. Because you're like, oh It God. does. It does. It throws you. Yeah. And, and I've got to the point now that if I don't do it, it's not a good day. Yeah. My daughter will say, she goes, oh, mommy, did you do your degunking? Because <laughs> she's like, why do you do this? And I'm like, it degunks my brain. And she can pick up on it. So do that. And I do like, you know what, anywhere between, you know, like you averaging about 10 minutes of yoga and then I'm good. That's, that's amazing. It. But I find, I find, I find that, um, and also I like to um, map out my day, just like make sure I know what I'm doing throughout the day. So like block time chunk or task what have you it just that just sets me up and then I'm good to go and give everything to like you know the kids mornings etc and then clients and things I've also started doing that time last year I started doing London Writers Hour because um I started writing I've always loved poetry always loved poetry um wrote it quite wrote it a little bit in university and then just about like life like we were talking about Oh, I'll come back to it, I'll come back to it. Then in in lockdown, I kind of got a little bit more serious about it and um, started getting a little bit published. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so just, I think, just blocking out that creative time in the mornings as well. I do London Writers' Hours eight to nine, and I usually try and spend most of that on poetry. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Mm. Okay, you're going to have to form me the link so I can put it in the show notes. So yeah, I will. Yeah, London, it's it's free. yeah, London Writers Salon. It's free. it's amazing. It's set up by amazing um, Matronetti and Parul, and they were doing it in person, and then they just all transitioned online last March. And it's an amazing community, and it, you can join it for free or you can upgrade. But they're just it's just a brilliant community to be part of, and they do amazing um, writers events. So yeah, it's um, yeah. So having that hour, I don't do it every you know I don't do it every day. I didn't do it today. I went to go meet my friend for a coffee and a quick. Croissant, but, that's but amazing you, though you still yeah. get that time for yourself and mm. you know you every day you're doing something whether it is a coffee with a friend or writing yeah yeah it's come it's come up you know I definitely had to when I started doing London Writers Salon I was like how does this work at eight o'clock in the morning yeah you know with you know kids going to school and husbands yes. working from home and all that sort of stuff how does that work but I just I just worked out 
even if I had to get up earlier to make sure that the kids were set up and all that sort of stuff, it was just, I just made it work. And I think I mean, it's, it's what Penny talks about on her podcast, isn't it? You know, you, you will, if it, when, when it becomes harder not to do it, than it does to do it, you work out a way. Yes, Clover Stroud has been doing it as well, hasn't she? Oh, yeah, her early mornings, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think there's a real sense of community to that. And I'm just thinking, so I know how important it is for me to do my journal and to write Mm. and do my thing, but life gets busy and I wonder if being part of a community helps give you permission to do it. You know how women have this complicated relationship with permission to do things. Um, I did a workshop with Elizabeth Gilbert and she, she, oh my God, she was amazing. Oh my God. It was two days. She was bloody incredible. I love her. Magic will always be, you know, it's amazing. It's one of those books that you go back to whatever, you know, if you read it like six years ago, I just reread it about four months ago and it's a completely different book. Now that I'm writing, because I, I was desperate to write and I just wasn't doing it. Now I am writing, reading it. It's one of those books that every time you read it, you take something from it. Yes, it speaks so differently to mm. you each time. So, sorry, interrupted yeah. the workshop. Tell yeah, me about so this. One of her things, like she, she gets you to write these letters. And one of them is a letter from the headmaster or headmistress to give you permission to do something. Because she said, like women, we're just not used to giving ourselves permission it's almost like we need to seek that from someone else and I wonder if these communities these brilliant community and like your community that you have mm. you're mm. helping to give women permission to do things that they know they should do for them, themselves that they enjoy doing for themselves and it helps them continue but it's that permission piece I wonder yeah and and the other thing I get is um People saying that, you know, like with, with London Writers Sound, I think so many people said, oh, we really need this. And like the feedback from my session this morning was, you know, so many, uh, one of my friends left, left, left a lovely voice note and a couple of other people DM me and it's just like, I really needed that. Right. So, but so it's ties into that sort of permission need thing. I don't know what's, I don't, I don't know what the, what the relationship is there, but there is one to explore. It's just like people know they need these things, but they, it's almost like they need that framework to be able to, to let themselves do it. Yeah. And I think that like, like you say, you have to burn it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not, yeah. And like, you know, but I think, you know, I think if you're doing that and you are feeling so, you know, you don't sound like a tosser, but, you know, creatively fulfilled or yes. nourished on some level, it does make it harder for you to burn out, I think, because you've got that kind of, you've replenished on some level. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah, you've replenished on some level. And I, you know, when I read my, I don't go back and read my journals, but I'm writing, I'm, I'm doing a big writing project at the moment. And I had a flick through them. And I was like, you know, even like this time two years ago, it's probably like I was probably just not being able to articulate that I need this permission to give myself yeah. space for the writing practice or, you know, yeah, or, or to develop that sort of craft, as it were. Yeah. To pay attention to it. Yes. But, you know, um, I think, again, I don't want to keep on quoting Penny, but I think they were saying one of the podcasts that they, I remember listening to is that, you know, treat this with the respect that it deserves. And it's almost that, isn't it? You have to treat this, you have to treat your goals and your desires and your self-care, whatever, with the respect and the attention. Yeah. My friend, um, do you know Marianne Power? 
Yes, I've got her book. Yeah, yeah help me. Yeah, so um, she always says that, you know, paying attention, she does some lovely workshops. She was doing them, she sort of started them last summer. And um, she she said, you know, like, attention is a form of love. And, and again, it's that thing, isn't it? Like, with the, with the burnout, it's almost like, we're just like, we've been so pulled away. It always comes as a shock when it lands because we haven't been paying attention. Yeah. We've been paying attention to work and schedules and to-do lists and laundry piles and beating ourselves up we're not paying attention to wait what do I need now who am I now how have I you know how how do I come out of this feeling of crapness whatever it is we forget it's we're not paying attention yeah that ties back into self-love as well because you're not paying attention you know if attention is love it's that yeah it really I'm does. Deep We've gone deep. Oh, look at us. We're getting in there. But I love <laughs> some of the posts you put on your Instagram because they really do like, you know, hone in on that, that point that um, we have to prioritise ourselves and, you know, look after ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and to, yeah. In the session today, um, a lot of the women said, oh, you know, I came here to set goals for my business, but actually I find I need to set goals in my life. And I thought that's kind of the point because, you know, as you know, you you are your business, right? You you're a writer, yeah. you run a writing business. You know, I I am my business. We are our businesses. So if we kind of, I think it's that point that your husband made when you hit burnout. Like, you know, can we? Are we going to be okay? I know. He said we're not going to be okay if you don't. It's exactly that. Like yes. by not nurturing ourselves as humans, your business isn't going to be okay. How's your business? What's your business going to run from? Yes. Can't build a business on a on a what you know, like a a superficial level of self. Yes. Or you know, a shadow of yourself. You need to be full and invested in it. Yeah. And I would go as far to say that people won't be attracted to your business either if it is that surface level. That shell. Yeah. Hello. And whereas you can really tell again, absolutely adore your your newsletter and your Instagram. Because it's it's just so full of substance. It's it's more than a, to me. It's a it's a community and incredible writing tips. On Thank you. Short <laughs> I really struggle with short copy. I'm like, oh, lovely how <laughs> to do that. But it's it's so. Brevity cool. is a gift. Brevity <laughs> is a gift. <laughs> it's so full of substance. I think I would. I believe people are attracted to there is an element of magic elizabeth gilbert would say there's an element of magic to people showing up authentically promoting good supporting others Thank like you well look at you yeah but but again i'd say this i do have a permission story do we have time for me to tell this story oh, absolutely. Um, yes so i went i was at a i think it was like a personal branding workshop possibly when i was about three years into the business like five years ago three years three so years into the business and um I was a brilliant guy called Phil Pallon and um he's on I'll send you a link to his his um he's all about personal branding and sort of carving he's he's like a lot more uh I'd say it's like sophisticated branding than mine but he um I was talking to him about how do I position myself as um, you know, I really wanted to, at the time, I was obsessed by, like, I mean, this is where I was five years ago. I was obsessed by getting an accountancy firm on, on 
as a client because I came from professional services PR background yes. I was just obsessed yeah and I was like well how, how do I do this you know because I, I, at the time I wanted to bring more of myself into my brand but I was like well then how do I talk to a big accountancy firm about this and he was like Tony look at you you're there in your pink jumper and your smile and you're just like this is what I would want if I was a you know a senior partner at the accountancy firm bring you you know your shit you know your shit yeah but bring this like go in there with your uh, I remember I was wearing this pink jumper you know he's like go in there like be you yeah. and it was almost like I had to get permission from this branding guy brilliant as he is say just go in there and be you and my once I let go of that sort of like having to tie myself up in like this sort of like corporate situation that's when I really that's when things really started turning for me and I became you know I became more myself and so probably had a deeper sense of a, of a personal brand than you know being a sort of you know shell of a consultant oh you know, gun for hire it's yeah so you know sally beaton you've had her on your podcast oh so because i've always had this again sally helped me so much with this one she gave me this exercise where she made me go through my cupboard and take out so i'm wearing a black dress now but all my like sexy PR corporate black yeah. dresses and she made me take them to a charity shop she's like she said get rid she of said, the you're holding, yeah she, she said she said you're holding on to these because you think this isn't going to work and you think that you can always go back to you know sort of like column dress flashy PR yeah Tony version of yourself that you were I don't know how many years ago right she said, you need to get, get this out of your cupboard, take me to the charity shop, be you. You know what? It's funny. I can remember um, going to a business event a, a couple of years ago, also pre-pandemic, and there's um, a really lovely businesswoman, Jennifer McKinnon, here. And she uh, was doing like a presentation, and I can remember chatting to her. She came up to me, and she was there wearing her pink suit. And it was really interesting. She came up to me and she said, so... Ask, uh, like tell me how many people tell you you are way too much and like I live in Ottawa and I'm like oh my god all the time because I'm very expressive I'm you know I've got I'm high energy high intensity and I I kind of go into a room and just I can't help it I don't know why I just give energy and I'm, I want to connect with people and find out about people and lift them and she oh that's my phone and she said to me um like how many people have told you and I was like oh my god you have no idea and literally that month I had a, a situation at work where I was told I was too much like stop oh my god, so yeah. much. did stop you tell them that warm. they weren't enough <laughs> maybe they were stop too little so warm. stop being so friendly calm down and I was just like working mental health <laughs> this doesn't make sense to me but so I said to her oh my god all the time she said yeah never listen she said um I used to where she said look at me here I am pink and I'm like oh my god you're rocking it you did an amazing job I loved it and she said yeah I literally spent the first 10 years like trying to be like my boss or trying to be like you know my mentors and be all in black and be all like okay yeah I'm not she said flick look at Dolly Parton you think of Dolly Parton big boobs hair smile she said she is a super sharp businesswoman don't change be you we need more people like you 
And it honestly, at the time, it was like an absolute gift from the gods because I was really, although I then continued to believe what I was being told, but I really did start to doubt. It's a start, it's a start, yeah. Yes. But also, but then imagine how many times that you played yourself down as well, Flip. Oh, God, all the time. You know, there's actually one Instagram about, you know, don't dim your your light for other people, whatever it's cut, but you you do, I imagine that you were doing that. I imagine that you were sort of like... Yeah. And and that's also, and then also you get further away from yourself. And that's when you become aligned. And you you go into um, I think you go into survival mode as opposed to thrive. You're not being you. And I would never want my kids or any of my friends to not be themselves because you know, none of us are perfect, but oh my god, like everyone has such a gift to bring to the table that makes my heart to see people, you know being small, dimming their light. And yeah, I did it myself. Like, in, yeah. in the end, just voluntarily. It was just like I went on to autopilot. Yeah. Like, here I am. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. And that, I mean, I, I try, you know, I try and, you know, just call authenticity into absolutely everything that I do as a consultant, a communication specialist. But, you know, also like the way I work with my clients as well, is just like, you know, if, you know, I, I'm not in the business of that sort of smoke and mirrors PR and I'm like you know I'm like unless there's a purpose to it I'm like guys we're not doing it because then it becomes shadow you know it becomes too it's just not yeah. what I believe in but I think that, that that authenticity thing but again I mean we're both in our 40s so it's probably taken us a while to get there we've had oh to my unlearn God. and unpack so much I was talking about it with my friend um Helen Perry this morning when we went for a quick coffee and you know all those um I think another thing is that we look around to see what other people are doing. Yes. See what seems to be working for someone. Or we're told, like you say, like you were saying, like, you know, the 80 hour weeks and the, the six steps programs to like six figure businesses and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we gradually absorb that. And all of a sudden we become like a composite of Amy Porterfield and Marie Forleo. And I don't know. Yes. Who are, you know, I don't, kind of like, in, we sort of like subconsciously or not subconsciously invest in jet um, what's it in, in vibe, like all these other behaviors yeah and we lose ourselves in doing that as well Helen was saying today she's like well, who do we who who do we look to now because it's kind of like there's almost like you know and I think it's women, we're always, yeah, yeah yeah we, we're always looking for people around us and just like actually maybe it's just you know it's up here and that's great and we can have conversations like these like but maybe yes. we don't need to be looking for answers from other people. Maybe we just need to be going ourselves a little bit more and asking Absolutely. ourselves those questions. I think, you know, because obviously I started a, a I started writing a fashion blog like five, six years oh. ago. So, you know, and about sustainable fashion. So very different. And that angle was definitely looking at influencers and people you're kind of looking mm. up to and the message they're spreading. Mm. It's to me now where I'm sitting, having gone through all this experience, to me, it's about community and finding like-minded, amazing women like yourself. I do not, it's really interesting. The contact, I'm going to have to be really careful where I say this. The contact I've had with people who um, very established, the gold is not there for me. The gold is talking to people like you who we are just doing it and we are living it and we are trying to show up every day, be very present and to, you know, 
look after ourselves and do the right thing and mm. and just let it blossom and bloom as opposed to chase those those you know those benchmarks those measurements that are kind of quite shallow and also it might not be <clears throat> might not mean anything to you it is interesting I've been I, I've I've seen Liz Gilbert speak and I would say that I would I would say that she's not I wouldn't put her in that category I think she is no deeply, no no no, I've seen no, her, no like someone no. I remember like someone asking her about a question that she'd said talked about self-love and how if you can't have self-love and you can't have this and someone said I find it really hard as abused as a child I find I've always struggled with self-love and and um I think it was uh it was, it was a big audience. It was in London pre-pandemic. And this girl, the girl that's just, you can see her face, just, just like, did I say that? What an arsehole. She's, I don't stand by that. I don't, I don't stand by saying that. And she couldn't, you know, she was like, I would probably suggest self-steward it. You know, she completely, she was like, said, I was wrong. If I said that, what a dick. And I'm I, sorry if I caused you any sort of anxiety. And she was just so human and so, you know, like, no, I made a mistake. I got that wrong. And yes, I'm not yes. that person. I, I'm not that person who would have thought that. Yeah. Yes. Whereas I have seen other high profile people promote books, for example, and they've come on and they are so glossed. They have basically lost uh, any kind of connect like you say any kind of gold that you can relate to out of it and yeah. it's just a performance and it's a broadcast looks yeah. good doesn't feel great no no yeah doesn't feel great and doesn't um resonate and doesn't no I know and you feel a bit cheated you. flick yeah yes. you feel a bit like I can't yeah. believe I paid for that yeah yeah. yeah, the value for me is being with people who just show up as themselves and Liz Gilbert yeah. like completely stood on that stage she was completely aside. When we walked in, the so she did an evening one and then she did a Saturday walk show. When we were, walked into this big room, she stood at the front and she hugged every woman. Who I bet she in. did, yeah. Like, but she hugged, and I was just like, she was as real as, yeah. you just feel like you're having coffee yeah. with her chatting. Yeah, yeah. So it's those people. I think. I think we are shifting, and we are um, hopefully showing up more as ourselves. And hopefully, we will then give ourselves permission to look after ourselves, so we can authentically mm. show up even more. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oh. an important conversation, Flick. I should have. Um, we'll talk about it another time. I'll bring you in for one of my sessions next time. I think. Oh, yes, we'll sit and have a good old chat. Yeah, yeah. I can sit and talk to you all day. <laughs> this is a bit like we're digging in deep. <laughs> Got a little bit off, off agenda, but there we go. Oh, no, no, because I think it's all part of it, isn't it? It's yeah. all part of it. I think there's going to be women listening to this who um, are either, you know, coming out of burnout or kind of, you know, teetering on the edge. Yeah. All these things we're talking about are going to be, you know. Yeah, it's a tango, isn't it? It's a tango that we do with it. Yes, it yeah. really is. It really is. And to me, I felt I was slow dancing with burnout. Yeah, you said slow dancing. I'm I'm sort of more like a tango. I think I said like like one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I was just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, it's been fantastic no. talking to you, Tony. Thank you for having me. I have been asking, are you up for this? I've been asking all my guests some little quick fire, lighthearted questions to end on because it's really interesting. We're all so different. Okay. And are you up for it? Yeah, I am. But I just don't want to come across as a real square. And I'm really not. Oh, I'm my just God, like... darling. You are not a bloody square. Absolutely not. <laughs> right. So... Yes. On yes. your dodgy tough days, do you opt for lemon in water or lemon in gin? Lemon in water. Is my, yes, because all my good can. days happen. Yeah, all my good days. I don't really. I'm not great with gin. I'm a wine girl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone are the days of like fuel. Like I would drink all the coffee to get me through to drink all the wine. It was just this perpetual. Yeah. Perfect. No. Good days. Good days to me start with a hot water yeah. and lemon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, move your body or move the remote? Body. Yeah. I'm, I've got an, I don't know what it is. I've got this, I haven't got this body. I am one of those people that if I don't ex, if I miss more than two days exercise, I just can't function. Um, yeah. I, I, I used to run as, as in Cyprus, I ran at quite high levels. I, I think it's just something. It's so weird. Yeah, I get quite anxious about it. I feel like I've got to apologize for the fact that I like exercise. I love exercise, I love movement. Well, because it's so good and it helps you you sustain. Can, oh mm. God, I'm tripping over my words here. It helps you keep that sustainable pace of you mm. know doing your work and showing up as you. And, and, and I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, you're the you're writer. So I spend so you know it's it's almost that balance thing. Like we spend so much time sitting on our laptops, look. And I'm not one of those people. I can't write standing up. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So I always do like like ten thousand steps a day and some sort of workout yeah my happy so much better I've been saying that to yeah. my kids my my 14 year old he had a week of just lying on the sofa watching yeah yeah you know, at first I was like it's okay school is finished here I'm gonna let him chill yeah, and then yeah. I said to him on Saturday like I have seen you get worse like your body needs to move and mm. now you've become demotivated like you're gonna yeah. start and do something yeah, yeah it, we certainly yeah. need it yeah yeah I, I do I do like when my son was sub I said I'd work out do work out with him now my daughter's delighted that she's got one happening tomorrow as well oh fantastic <laughs> I really loved it we did we did a we did one on when was it the other day together and I loved it she was just oh. like you're like come on I know come yeah on, exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah now are you bag of almonds or bag of Maltesers I love almonds <laughs> yes like salted almond glass of wine yeah or like oh yeah that's the one that's the one yeah yeah or like the barbecue flavored ones oh yeah hits the spot done right ask for help or happy to hermit i want i want to be better at asking for help i know me too i'm so good at I know. It. It's but I looked at that because I'm not happy to hermit. I do hermit, and I do as per you know in your first um, episode where you say you need know, withdraw and become isolated. I, the way I I, I do self isolation is how I struggle with how I deal with stress, or that's right. my response mechanism. But um, I would love to be good at asking for help. Oh, I know. Me too. And I don't think working for yourself makes you. I think it makes you worse at it. I think we're really bad. I think we're really bad at it. Because we've forgotten, you know, how to, I mean, I've, I think I probably have forgotten how to be in a team, you know, like a big team. Where, you know, when I was leading, you were probably the same, leading big teams. And you'd be like, 
could you do this for me? Could you do this for me? Can you check, can you check that please? You know, I was, I've forgotten how to do that. And then I'll ask my director for another team member on because we're running out of resource or something. I've forgotten how to do that. And, and also because we have to do everything, right? With the CMO, with the FD, with yeah. HR, with everything. And we're on our own. So you're not at, yeah. not at a desk with anyone thinking out aloud that someone can say, yeah. oh, actually, I know how to do that. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Or having a chat, talk it through. Yes, we don't yeah. have that situation. And I think... Yeah. Really, I, I really struggle with it. That is something yeah. I'd love to get yeah. back to that. I know. But ironically, I know. if someone's to ask me for my help, I, I wouldn't even think twice. I wouldn't judge. I wouldn't like question it. But you're like me, where you give so much away as well that like you just like, you know, just, oh, of course, here you go. Let me, let me just sort of spend, you know, have, a, have half an hour of my time. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. I, I can't, it has to be the energy flow. The energy flow has to be an exchange, doesn't it? So you have to be able to also ask for help if you're giving it and that yeah. haven't worked that one out yet okay we'll work on that one together I'm gonna to hold we'll be, accountability, we'll be accountability buddies that's it now lastly what's the one thing you're going to do today that your future self is going to thank you for like what what self-care thing are you going to do I mean I think I've already done it for today if that's okay yeah. Yeah. Also, I was thinking that you know your future self this is my future self at five o'clock this evening but um it, it's the it's the journaling in the morning yeah, it really, it. it's just become so integral to my sense of self I think and yeah. and if I don't do it I sort of like carry stuff around with me all day and I never feel settled so yeah. I think it helps me get connected to the day rooted in the day grounded in the day so it is that journaling piece so, and I know it's becoming a lot more uh sort of common um people to sort of use it as a practice but I can't encourage it enough yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same. yeah. Like it's quite sacred for me. Are, yeah, sacred. They really yeah. are. Like that's that's one piece of time that I would always protect. Yeah, and everything could go. Like I could ditch the meditation, ditch the yeah, everything else can go. Yeah. But that, yeah. yeah, 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 love it. Oh, Tony, thank you so much. Been amazing. <laughs> amazing. Thank you for having me. Love this. And I will put in the show notes all your details so people can yeah. find. And I'll I'll put in like the things we've mentioned today and the people. Yeah, because I'll send you the books that I mentioned. I mentioned Laura Vanderkam, didn't I? And yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, I will send you all those. Exactly. Yeah, so. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. So nice to see your face. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everyday Burnout Conversations. Please check the show notes for any links to items discussed today. And the original music and sound editing is by Chris Taylor. If you've enjoyed this podcast and have a spare few minutes, then it would be absolutely amazing if you could leave me a happy starry rating and review. It really does help this podcast reach a little further. And I just love it to land in the lap of those who, like me, last year are perhaps feeling isolated and lonely in their burnout struggle. Please note this podcast is not intended as medical advice. Remember you matter so don't hesitate to reach out to your doctor or mental health professional for support if you're having a rough time. Wishing you a great week and take good care of yourself. Bye for now.